speak, for your servant is listening. Never in a thousand years could Samuel have guessed what would happen next in his life. Samuel was to be the last of the great judges of all of Israel. He was to provide this steady leadership and guidance to the people. But his sons, they were found unworthy to follow him as leaders. And so the people demanded a king. Samuel would resist, but eventually, because God told him it was okay, he would anoint Saul as king. And later, when that didn't turn out so well, he anointed David as king. He never feared to challenge either of their abuses of power directly. And he did all of this because he listened to the will of God and allowed the will of God to be effective through him. He never stopped listening and serving. We should all strive to listen as Samuel did. There are two ways we can listen for God in our life. Prayer and study. Specifically, study of the scriptures. But these two are not mutually exclusive. Some would argue that the best way to study scripture is, in fact, while on your knees, praying. Prayer is absolutely essential to our lives as Christians. And yet, many of us think that going to Mass on Sunday or saying a few rosaries during the week is going to get it done. It's not enough. Those things are great. They are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But it's not enough. Because we are called to pray without ceasing. That is a lofty and challenging goal. But it is something we can do if we recognize what prayer actually is and devote ourselves to it. I just started reading this book called Personal Prayer, A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. And he has the two, they're Benedictine monks who wrote it. And they have the best definition of prayer I've seen in a while. Prayer is communicating with God. That's it. That's the definition. To communicate with God is to share even the deepest moments of our life with Him. To ask for His help. But even more, to ask for His love. This isn't something we automatically do. It's something we have to practice. In fact, to learn how to pray, we have to pray and ask God to help us do it. Think about your relationship with your closest friend. For husband and wives, this should be for your spouse. Think about that relationship. The first day you met that person, were you able to talk about the deepest parts of your heart and your life with them? Or perhaps was it a bit challenging at first? Perhaps very uncomfortable? Because it's frightening to plumb those depths of our life. It's frightening to bring forward the deepest secrets we hold in our hearts. It's scary to be vulnerable with someone. And make no mistake, 
more than any moment of physical vulnerability, the moment we open our heart to another person is going to be the most vulnerable moment of our life. Because we fear rejection at the very core of our being. We are human, after all. We were made to live in community. But with God, we do not have to worry about that rejection. Because He loves us deeply. Deeply. God will never reject us. When we can be vulnerable enough to show it all to God, to let Him into it ourselves, and to let ourselves be loved in the midst of it, we experience the transforming power of His love. And no matter how odd our personality might be, no matter what kind of sin we've managed to get ourselves into, God still loves each and every one of us infinitely and uniquely. Father Jacques Philippe, he did that retreat that we invited you all to go to online. In one of his books, he writes that God's love is personal and individual. God does not love two people in the same way because it is actually his love that creates our personality, a different personality for each. He continues, there is a much greater difference between people's souls than between their faces. Prayer opens our soul to the word that God wishes to speak into our hearts. The word of his unique love for each of us. This love which he intends for us to share is living and active. This love calls each of us to a unique mission amongst his holy people. So how do we do it? How do we pray? First, make a commitment to pray every day. I don't care who you are, you can find five minutes. But if we're being honest, I think we all have at least 15 minutes we can give to God every day. And if you don't think you do, pull out your smartphone and look at that screen time app and see how much time have I spent on Facebook or Twitter today. And I guarantee you that time spent in prayer is going to be better for your body and soul than time on social media. Second, find some silence. Some people say you don't need silence to pray. They're wrong. Perhaps someone experienced in prayer can find that peace inside of themselves. But for most of us, most of us beginners in prayer, myself included, we need silence. Because we need it to help us quiet our mind from all of the distractions of this world. Sometimes to find that silence, it's good to spend some time in preparation. I like to do this every once in a while by listening to music. Rachmaninoff's Vespers. There's this guy Corelli who wrote this great Christmas concerto. Bach has a bajillion oratorios you can listen to. Or like Mozart, he's got the Ave Verum Corpus. All of these things, like the kind of music matters. The kind of music that lifts your soul to God is the one that also helps you find that peace that you need to pray. 
And if music's not your thing, do something else to find that silence. Sometimes for me, it's taking a few really, really deep breaths. Third, just talk to God. It's all you have to do. Tell God what's happening in your life. Tell Him about what's good and about what's bad. Tell Him about what brings you joy and what terrifies you. Tell Him how you feel about Him. If you're furious with God, let Him know. Just tell Him. He's a big boy. He can handle it. Tell Him what you need help with. And ask Him to help you. And maybe most importantly, never forget to ask God to show you how much He loves you. You need to do that every day. Finally, after you talk to God, give Him a chance to answer. That means not talking for a couple minutes. We need that silence because God speaks in the silence of our hearts. Remember what Samuel said. He said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He did not say, Listen, Lord, for your servant is speaking. If you feel inspired to read a passage of Scripture in these moments of silence, go for it. But don't go overboard. Sometimes I find myself running into that mistake of confusing my holy hour for a chance to catch up on my reading. It's not what it is. And finally, some advice for various groups of people. Single people, you can make time to pray. You just have to choose to do it. That's all there is. Married couples, you've got it a little harder, especially if you have kids. Nevertheless, Husbands and wives, you have a job. Get your spouse to heaven. That's the number one goal of marriage. And to get to heaven, someone has to have time to pray. So husbands, I don't care how challenging it is or how tired you are or how grumpy the kids are. you got to give your wife a few minutes of silence a day so she can go and pray. Remember, you have one job that matters. Get your wife to heaven. Just do it. Wives. I know that you are burdened with so many tasks, often exhausted by the end of the day, and many times you've already spent the whole day with the kids. But your husband needs a few moments of silence so he can pray. Remember, your most important job is getting him to heaven. And kids, I'm not leaving you out of this either. When your parents are praying, try not to bother them. Like if the house is on fire or someone chopped their hand off, okay, go bother them, all right? But instead of bothering when they're praying, maybe join them in prayer. Christ has invited all of us. He has said, come and you will see. Let us go to him in prayer so that we can see eternal life.